If you could go ahead and open up your worship bulletins to that gospel text just read, if it is not already there. And I would like us to read together that passage highlighted in blue. That is, as we have been going through this year of 2018, the verse that we are lifting up for you as the congregation to commit to memory. As we go through each week of the year ahead will be a different verse selected from one of our readings. And today we're going to read that passage from Mark 1 together. I'd like to do so now. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Have you ever wondered why pastors stand up in front of the congregation and deliver a sermon during the worship service? Sometimes I do. <laughs> there are times when I'm sitting in a congregation, I'm hearing a sermon delivered, and if that sermon keeps wandering from here to there without ever really connecting with the scripture texts before us or what's going on in the world around us, I wonder why we have it. I'm not talking about Pastor Mian. I, I go to other places. I hear other sermons. It's okay. A sermon is different from a campaign speech. It's different from a self-help talk. It isn't the time in the service for the preacher to stand up in front of the congregation and show off his great learning or his fantastic oratorical skills. A sermon is a time to hear something. Not to hear how great the pastor is. It's also not a time to hear how great you are or to help you feel better about yourself. It's not a time to hear how there are problems in the world out there, but they're different from ours or that those problems don't concern us like the congregation lives in a different world. Now, some sermons are longer than others. Some sermons are more engaging than others. Some serve to teach, to guide, to rebuke and correct, to encourage. But the reason that the sermon is in the worship service is principally this, that you would engage with God's word and be transformed by it. The sermon is here for you. I suppose that we should not be surprised that Jesus delivers what is likely the best and shortest sermon of all time. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. In Mark's gospel account, this is the opening of Jesus' public ministry. He comes right into Galilee, that same territory where John the baptizer was only just imprisoned by King Herod. And he comes delivering a message, the message that God's plan to deliver his creation is happening. And it's happening right now. The kingdom of God is at hand. Now, the kingdom of God isn't a territory or a region. Rather, it is where God's active reigning and ruling are happening. God has come into the world. He has come to be the king, not a political ruler, but the one who is the ruler of all. God has stepped into his creation. 
Even as Jesus is speaking to his hearers, that reigning and rule of God is at hand. It has drawn near and it is standing right in front of them. It's almost as if Jesus is saying, God's good news is here. You're looking at it. The good news that Jesus brings to his hearers, the news that he is proclaiming is that God is bringing about rescue for everyone who has been alienated from God. That's just a fancy way of saying everybody. Because we are all born with that burden of sin. We are all born enemies of God, but God is stepping in to do something about it. When Jesus calls his hearers to repent, he is calling them to stop running away from God, to turn away from sin. They don't need to chase after the empty promises of the world and all those false idols that they have been setting up in God's rightful place in their lives. Something better has arrived. The restored relationship with God that Christ makes possible. Now, as Lutheran Christians, we have long spoken of God's word in terms of the law and the gospel. The law reflecting God's good instruction for us, his design for creation. That's what confronts us and bears upon us the guilt of our sin, our falling short. The gospel points us to God's mercy and grace. It shows us the Savior who has come to carry the burden of that guilt for us. The sermon is here in the worship service to reiterate that this truth of God's law and gospel, all of it is for you. Turn from sin. Turn from the sin that is killing you, that is eroding your life away. God's rescue plan is in effect. His reigning and his ruling is here for you in Jesus. He is the one who brings you forgiveness. He is the one that brings that restored relationship with God that you so desperately needed. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. To put it kindly, Jonah was a reluctant prophet. Jonah heard God's call, and he fled in the exact opposite direction. Jonah did not want to deliver God's message to the great city of Nineveh, the great capital of the enemy nation of Assyria. He probably wanted to see the city destroyed. If you've heard me teach about Jonah before, you might remember that the Assyrians were bad dudes. You did not want them as your enemies. The Assyrians were known and feared by their enemies because of the brutality that they brought down. They made it a practice of taking their victims and impaling them on stakes out in front of the ruins of their towns. They led captives away by fish hooks. The great city of Nineveh itself was known for being morally bankrupt place, wicked, full of deceit. So why would Jonah want to save them? And there it is. Jonah knows that the word of God has power, that it can transform hearts and minds, even the hearts and minds of the Assyrians. 
Jonah understands that if he is going to go and do what God has commanded him to do, Nineveh could very well repent. God would forgive them of their sins. Jonah didn't want that. And one of my professors at the seminary put it this way. Jonah's call would kind of be like sending a Jewish person from World War II era New York to go to Adolf Hitler in Germany and tell him that God loves him, that God would forgive him if he turned away from his sins. So if you go and take a look at Jonah 3 today, you'll see that Jonah's fears, they were justified. God's word called the people of Nineveh to repentance, and he spared them. The word has the power to transform the one who hears it. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The Epiphany season stands in the church calendar each year as a reminder that Jesus is the light for all nations, for all people. He's the one that brings the act of reigning and ruling of God to bear for us and through us. Last weekend, Pastor Noss opened our Epiphany Being SJLC, Serving Jesus, Living in Community emphasis by giving us the message that we have been called by faith to follow Jesus as his disciples. But being a disciple of Jesus doesn't end with following. As Mark's gospel account records, Jesus goes on to the Sea of Galilee and he calls his first disciples. He doesn't wait for them to come to him. Normally, a student would seek out a rabbi, but Jesus acts first. He is the one who calls these ordinary fishermen to come and follow him. He doesn't give them any incentive. He doesn't entice them. There is certainly no signing bonus for these earliest disciples. Jesus calls, and they follow. Jesus' call has power. Jesus' call has authority. But these students whose lives will be transformed do not simply remain students. Jesus sends them to go out and to tell this gospel, this good news, so that others' lives would be transformed as well. As a disciple of Jesus, you too are called to tell. Your faith isn't meant to be a private matter between you and God, but an active faith that carries this good news, this gospel into every corner of life. God's word of rescue in Christ is not meant to be hoarded, but meant to be shared. Now don't misunderstand, you are not a Jesus salesperson. Jesus does not need salespeople. You're his ambassadors. You are the ones who by your words and your actions get to carry this good news of God's active reigning and rule in Christ out into the world that so desperately needs it. You are one who gets to go and share this good news for the benefit of others. You get to show God's love in paying attention to and caring for your neighbor, being an everyday missionary as Jesus' disciple. One of the 
things we were emphasizing during this being SJLC time in the Epiphany season is a foundation, foundations of faith. One of those foundations is diving into God's Word, engaging with God's transformative Word. If you look in the back of your worship bulletin, I think it's the back of your bulletin, you'll see that there's an insert in there too. And there's a reading plan for going through the Gospel of Mark. You can take a look at this and then take it home with you. Over the weeks to come, I encourage you and your household to read through Mark's Gospel. It's the shortest Gospel. <laughs> Dive into it and be transformed by God's Word, how God is at work to bring His active reigning and rule into the world around us through Christ. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The sermon is here for you and you are here for the world. Called by faith, following Jesus, you and I are called, we're charged to speak the truth in love of God's law and his gospel. We aren't meant to be silent, especially when the world around us is calling people any which way but to Jesus. Speak up when someone needs to hear the message that you get to carry, the message that points people to Jesus. Now remember, this is never about winning. It's not about winning an argument, winning a point, even winning a cause or a person. You are called to tell the message of the gospel for the good of your neighbor. You are called to tell them the good news that comes in Christ because he's come for them. Now, sometimes that means standing up, speaking up with others against injustice, as many did as they gathered for the March for Life in our nation's capital just a few days ago. But it means speaking the truth for the good of our neighbor. Speaking the truth as followers of Jesus, we are called to tell, not for our own benefit, but so that others might hear God's transforming word and experience the restored relationship with him that Jesus makes possible. So do you want a better sermon than this one? Simply listen to Jesus. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Amen.